Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Daily Intermission episode 82. I am joined by my co-host Nate. As always, how are we doing today, bud? Doing okay considering the circumstances. Okay. And, you know, I'm not going down the weather route. I'm just going off the lunch I just had. Okay. And for the love of God, if I'm going to order something, can I just get it correct? Yeah. You know? I All I ask is no tomato on my shit. Yeah. And I get tomato more often than not. There's nothing more frustrating than having to peel off those, you know, whatever it is, whether it's pickles, whether it's tomatoes, whatever vegetable that you are uninterested in eating. And you having to go in and get those saucy... You know, I can, pieces of food off there. I can handle pickles. But yep. tomatoes, man, like the middle of them, like strings off, you still have that taste no matter what. And it's just absolutely awful. I, I can't stand it. I'm not a big tomato guy either. No, they're disgusting, man. Some people eat them like apples. Absolute red flag, dude. That is unbelievable Absolute that people can suck those down Ugh. like an apple. Oh. There's nothing more. Yeah, that is just. I might have to t- take a quick puke break. We're going to keep talking about this. Tomatoes. Yeah. I just find the taste is like, there's nothing, they're like a juicy and you're like thinking it should be more flavorful, but it's just like almost like barfy. Dude, it's the worst thing I've ever eaten in my life. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's going to be, that's definitely one of the more polarizing vegetables on the planet. I guarantee it. And you know what they have? They have the nerve of it to call it a fruit. Oh, it's like, really? Because there's, that seems to be the only fruit I don't like. Yeah. (laughs) Which is shocking. Because I'm pretty sure it's a damn vegetable. Grows in a garden. Yeah. Like you got a blueberry plant out there? Yeah. Well, Crocker crab. Yeah, yeah. I can work. <laughs> Not a big gardener. Yeah. Uh, uh, I think you grow in the garden. Yeah, you do. Um, you grow a lot of stuff. But anyway. <laughs> anyway, moving along. So, uh, so Nate and I, we were you know, doing some work in a, in a public uh, space this week. And, and um, you know, after our coffees, um, a little bit of nicotine intake, you know, we kind of, he went off and he had to use the, the restroom and, and, and I proceeded to go use the restroom. And then, you know, once we both returned to our area, you know, we decided to kind of break it down, you know, what the experience was like. And, you know, I'm going to be completely honest. I told him I, I use the handicap stalls when it's available. Yeah, which I kind of just floated the idea over Greg's head and said, you know, not a great plan. It's sort of unethical, unmoral. A little bit. I mean, I always just th- I always just think so ahead in situations. Like me and Greg were talking about it too. Like I go to a movie theater, I'm, I'm scouting out the emergency exits right away. Yeah, you know what I mean, like I'm an absolute skid. I've been in I've been in fast food restaurants. A guy in a trench coat walks in, I leave. Well, I mean, you know, I, I'm I, not dealing with it. I think it is worth saying that this is like the day after. You know, obviously, you know, rest in peace to all of the victims, and, and obviously a terrible event in Michigan. Uh, but this was the day after. So Nate's scouting out areas. He's like, if there was ever a shooter in this place, you're kind of scouting out the exits. I do that every time. Yeah. it's Which is like probably some people are like, dude, like relax a little bit. But it's like, would you not rather be prepared? Yeah. <laughs> like, well, yeah. fair yeah. enough. What would I What would I rather do? Act, be, like be chill, seen as chill to somebody? Or would I have rather have an escape plan? Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather sure. have an escape plan. Yeah. I don't care if you think I'm not chill. It's one sketchy individual walks to the door and Nate's boom, doing, I leave. doing somersaults over the table. He's doing a slide into home and he's out of there. 
But back to the toilet stuff. And I know a lot of the listeners are probably like, by God, these guys do a lot of uh, feces depositing in public spots. Yes. Which yeah. we do. Yeah, we, uh, I mean, we, we consume a lot of caffeine, a lot of nicotine, a lot of laxatives. And yes, we're frequenters. Yeah, I mean, we are. Frequents, yeah. Anyway, back to it. I just kind of mentioned to Greg, I was like, you know, it wouldn't be a great situation had you been in that handicap stall and then someone came in that needed it. Yeah. You know, you get them rolling in and like they, they can't get in the other stall. No, exactly. So it's like you're just sitting there waiting and then you got to do the absolute walk of shame out of there. Yeah, you're like you're midway through, you know, say a 15 minute, 20 minute session. You know, you want to be nice and relaxed. <laughs> Jesus. And you've got this individual who rolls in and, and actually demands this space that you're taking up. And, and, I, th- and I actually felt quite bad. I, I, I need to reevaluate my decisions of using these big stalls. And, and oftentimes, yes, I get it. That's the only stall available. But this this thing was wide open. And uh, and I think moving forward, I'm going to be a little bit more calculated with how I choose the stalls that I use. But sometimes, Nate, you go in and some are just unusable. They're just so destroyed that you... Man, that's the thing about public restrooms, too. Like, <laughs> We're going to do it again, I'm man. not going to talk about the lasagna thing from a few episodes back. But, like, <clears throat> sometimes you just get in there and you're like... What kind of beast was here before <laughs> me, man? It's like, what does this guy have for dinner? Well, they, they've used an entire roll of toilet paper yeah. that just clumped up in there. You oh. can't flush it. It's like, well, it's not my job. So, like, yeah. I'm not doing it through urine all over the seats. Like, it's yeah. just. He would have had to have gone airborne with that thing exiting the body. You'd have to wreck it. Sometimes you see some stuff in there, man. It's just, it's never worth repeating, let alone on a public platform such as this podcast. <laughs> but anyway, my situation just to wrap this up here it was a little more chill than greg still brutal though i mean i went in there beforehand and i scouted out there was four toilets four stalls so i walked in and you know i see the handicap stall and i'm not a sociopath like greg so that's not even on the option yeah so i should out of three yeah i'm down to three and i didn't think there was anybody else in there so i go huddle up i'm in stall three all the way down anyway i get in there and i've already sat down and i realize i see some feet on the other side of me i went in there's a dude at the far end who's obviously if you're taking the fourth stall down you're trying to avoid all contact yeah for sure i pulled up right beside him yeah yeah right beside him man there's there's some awkward uh, interactions that happen too when you're in a you're in a stall side by side you're kind of listening to the acoustics of each other and it's <laughs> you know it's not a great scene. Just reminds um, me of that. Uh, you're kind of waiting for each other to like hurry it up. You're hoping that he's gonna start pulling the toilet paper, but if you start or like you're trying to you know squeeze it out because you don't want to have that awkward meeting at the sink. No, and and see he got up a little earlier. I could have been gone and away, yeah, but you waited it up. I had to wait. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't I couldn't show myself after that, but. Anyway, enough feces talk. Let's get into some sports here. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Nate, Tommy Fury yeah. has dropped out of the of the Jake Paul fight, which which is interesting because, I mean, there was a lot of hype around this. It was going to be kind of the first professional boxer that Jake Paul was going to take on. Um, but our guy, Tyron Woodley, is back. He's back. For vengeance. And uh, and we're still we're still betting against Jake Paul. I don't know if we're crazy for doing so, but we're going to be on uh, uh, Tyron Woodley. It's kind of odd that, uh, that Tommy Fury is now going to be sidelined. Yeah, it sucks. I was, I was, I mean, we've been kind of looking forward to this for what seems like two months now. We've kind of been talking it up. You yeah. know, it's going to be a great fight. And, you know, I, I mean, obviously we're all, you know, Woodley. I mean, I don't know how it's going to go, man. Like, this isn't going to be a whole lot of uh, prep time for this guy. Yeah, you know I mean, it's not like Jake Paul's like that outrageously bad of a fighter either. Like he's pretty technically sound yep. in there. Like he he trains a ton. Man. Yeah. Oh, exactly. And so his work ethic is is certainly not in question. And 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 yeah, I mean, he can throw. I mean, there's no questions asked. It's he's, not like he's a it's, big dude. It's not like it's Bryce Hall hopping into a exactly. rugby rowdy fight. I mean, this exactly. guy, this guy knows how to throw. Throw. He obviously trains with some some highly educated boxers. And and yeah, man, if Tyron's not in shape. 
It could be best Ben Askren 2.0, a couple yeah. of changes, and an absolute knockout. For sure, for sure. And, you know, we're on Woodley. And the thing is, too, like, I'm going to give uh, Paul a little bit of credit here. I mean, like, he's a pretty solid boxer. We'll, we'll say that. But where we're betting against him all the time, like, I don't think he's such a good boxer that he's going to go unbeaten forever. Yes. Like, it's almost like a situation where it's, like, not to, ru- like, go bet against the hot hand. But I, I feel like we're betting against the hot hand here. And plus, I feel like Woodley's going to be such an underdog then I'm all over that. Yeah, so for sure. That's my bet. And, no doubt. And honestly, it's tough trends to fall into. Like I, I was on it just to kind of you know switch it off to to other betting realms. I was on it in, in hockey. I was I was I was riding the Islanders because you know like once streaks get to nine losses, ten losses, eleven losses, I mean they're going to win. Well, they have to. You know, it's it's just not like they're going to lose every game. So it's these trends and these, you know, that, that's what you're doing essentially in betting is, you, is you're following the trends and you're betting if they continue or if they stop. Um, you know, similar to the Philadelphia Flyers who have lost, I think, 10 straight. We'll get into the NHL, but yeah. I mean... You know they're they're gonna they're gonna find a win streak here soon and, and it's and it's gonna be fun to hop on them. Yeah. Um, last night I gave up the Vancouver Canucks as a pick to beat the Bruins. You know and and uh, you know our Instagram followers were happy about that or whoever was DMing us. So so yeah, you've got to follow those trends. But like you said, Nate, I mean Jake Paul's not gonna go undefeated. So no. So we're gonna There's hop on. No Woodley. hope. And Woodley can strike, man. He he was yep. the one who looked like he got the better of the exchanges. Uh, obviously the loss and decision, but yeah, we'll see what happens in this fight, uh, Nate. Yeah. Before we get into the NBA. Tiger Woods, and, and we've talked about Tiger Woods frequently in the last few episodes, but he's making his return. And, I mean, I don't know if he's playing with us by saying he doesn't know how soon he'll get back into the competitive stage of the PGA Tour, but he's getting back into the PNC Championship. And you know what's so funny about Tiger, Nate, is, is as soon as it's announced, the Golf Channel all of a sudden is hyping this PNC Championship yeah. up like it's a major. I know, I know. It's wild. It's going to be awesome, too. And just to, like, touch on your point of uh... – we don't know exactly how like how competitive he's going to be, say in like a big tournament or something. I think this will be a big test, like yeah. kind of thing. You know what I mean? We're going to watch him and be like, dude, like this guy's ready to go. And it's what a great way to like start back into it too. You know what I mean? Sure. Nice light little tournament you get to play with your son. No pressure. Yep. You know you're just out for a fun round, and he, you know, he's going to try and put most of the like the big lights on Charlie too. Oh, for sure. So absolutely. And I, I think I just want to make the point too that you know you, we've seen in years past of guys win majors and tiger talks a lot about he's worried about his length he's worried about the distance of how you know how how far he's hitting the driver how far he's hitting the woods how far he's hitting his irons but let's not forget that guys like zach johnson guys like um tom watson at the age of 59 i mean shorter hitters can get it done it's around some of these major ballparks it's not that long right Phil has gained a lot of distance. Has he? Okay. He prides the hip bombs. Oh. Yeah. So, like, he's he brings it way past parallel and just right. wails at it. Okay. Which obviously has been his approach to getting better and staying relevant. But I don't think that Tiger will have to be as long as the big guns because he's such a good iron player, because his putter can get hot. I think there's other ways to get it done. I'm not going to count him out to be done on the major circuit. But obviously, Nate, as we've talked, it's going to be pretty tough. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But we'll we'll see what happens. I mean, man, I it's an underdog story for sure, but he's just the kind of guy that you never can really count out. Tiger Woods, so can't miss television. I'm, I'm excited to see this. So we'll tune into awesome. the PNC Championship. Absolutely. Next weekend. Absolutely. I mean, man. there's just no doubt. And I think Charlie too, to have him up and coming and, and watching him through his college days and, and even maybe, you know, the route to the PGA tour, it's going to be just unbelievable. It's gonna be awesome, man. All right, Nate. Well, we've got some ML, NBA, NHL, NFL, and UFC to talk about throughout the episode, and then we'll get into our segment of which athlete are you bringing. 
Um, but starting off the NBA, Nate, uh, yep. Memphis and OKC played uh, last week, and, and we're going to be kind of talking about a variety of information that's come out in the last two weeks because obviously we 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 uh, forecasted our Olympic rosters through the last week. But uh, but Memphis, Nate, absolutely pounded the wheels off o- uh, OKC. Ended up winning by seventy three. Seventy three. I mean, we don't often see that in sports that big of a blowout. Not in regulation. No. You know, what I mean, like they put up what one hundred and fifty two points, and I mean, my mental math's not terrific, but whatever seventy three less than that is would have been what OKC had. 80-some. Yeah. So, I mean, that's ridiculous, man. You know, I was looking through also, uh, it was the top 50 blowouts in NBA history. So, obviously, that's number one. Yeah. Um, Surprising enough, like, Memphis is on there, I think, two or three times. uh, And they had one last year. They beat Houston by nearly 50. 49 points. Memphis. Memphis. A team that, I mean. I mean, they were 38 and 34 last year, Yeah, hasn't historically been that strong of a team. They're fourth place right now, I want to say. Okay, so they're having a better year. They're doing a little better, for Um, sure. But They got that Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, 14 and 11, fourth place in the Adams starting to play better. Obviously, John Morant. Um, But yeah, I thought that was kind of a crazy little thing, like where they just are kind of blowing the wheels off some teams. Yeah. and And, I mean, it kind of makes me want to bet the over on Memphis every single time I see them on the... Score sheet. Yeah, and I think you can kind of say what you want about this situation. Like, you hate seeing it. You want it to be more competitive. It's like, listen, folks, this has never happened again. No. So I think we should appreciate it and just understand, you know, OKC is an absolute dumpster fire of a team. I think Shea uh, Gilgis-Alexander was out that game, who's Canadian. He's their best player. Um, but, I mean, Memphis, yeah, they're having a good season. Eight, and I mean, you know, I, I, I'm trying to think right now of, like, what are the biggest beatdowns we've seen in the NHL or the NFL um, in, in recent history? I can remember one in 2016. Columbus beat Montreal, like, 10-1. Okay. That's in That's, the NHL. I remember that. Yeah. 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 Um, I remember one when I was a kid. It's not really much of a blowout, but it was, like, a 16-goal game. Ottawa beat Washington 11-5. That would have been the early 2000s, okay. which yep. is, I mean... It's a big number. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, Colorado beat the wheels off uh, the New York Rangers Wednesday night, 7-3. Yeah. So. Very true. I mean, it happens once in a while, but. The Patriots beat the Browns 45-10 or that's something. That's right, like, yeah. I mean, that's no not. one even really, like, it didn't seem like anyone really addressed that. I mean, you know. Beat the wheels yeah, off Yeah, man, they crushed them. Um, But, Nate, uh, keep on keeping in the NBA. I mean, it's been an interesting week, and I think we'll talk a little bit about this Kyle Rittenhouse character. Um, but he's suing LeBron James for $110 million during this Kyle Rittenhouse's uh, trial. If you're not familiar, he was the individual who was a part of these riots and, and ended up killing two individuals with it, with a gun and injuring two others. Um, but he was on trial. It was nationally televised, nationally followed. And LeBron was making comments on Twitter, kind of calling him a clown, calling his tears fake. Yeah. And I don't know if it's a defamation of character type of case, but he's suing him for $110 million. It was approved. But, I mean... I guess we'll start off with this Kyle Rittenhouse character, and then we'll move into LeBron. But what, is, like, what? This guy is on an absolute, almost like it's like a celeb tour for a guy who's murdered people. Yeah, which I, man, it's just so. Uh, you see this so much. I feel like, man, like this guy, and just his like, the way he's presenting himself on there too. It's like he's just like, you know what I mean? He's like kind of laid back, and he's just like, yeah, you know, like, well, it's like, dude, like, you're. You killed people. Yeah. You got off with it. Like, this is kind of like, wh- why does this guy have a platform? Like, it's, I think it's kind of disgusting by some of the people on podcasts that are just 100%. having him on kind of for, you know, they know they're going to get a ton of, like, kind of clout from it. Yeah. It's going to get their views up. So, well, so listen, listen to this exchange that I've seen, you know, multiple times on TikTok. So he's on this podcast, like you said, Nate, and there's these four kind of adults talking to him, yeah. hyping him up. And, you know, he's kind of talking about losing his virginity. And one of the guys goes, but we know he doesn't shoot blanks. And they all start laughing. It's like, 
this guy is a murderer. Yeah. Obviously, you can claim self-defense. Obviously, you know, he was proved not guilty. But that doesn't sure. take away the fact that he shot and killed two people and you're making jokes about it weeks after his trial. Yeah, and the thing is, too, there's a, there's a, it's a hot topic in the media as well. Like, I mean, a lot of people believe that the only reason he really got off is because of his skin color. Yeah. Which, I mean, historically, you could probably agree with. Yeah, I mean, so... 100%. There's a lot that is that is wrong in the in the justice system um, in the United States and I'll even say across North America and there you know there's definitely some changes that need to be made um, but man it, it, I mean I, I just don't understand this character. I, I don't like him with any ounce of my body but just the fact that I think that if you were you know if you got off you know such an emotional case such a polarizing case I think you should go lay low for a few years yeah man you know I think that he's setting him up in a situation to run into a very bad one yeah um, if he continues on this tour 100% man there's gotta be somebody out there that's just like dude like this guy's gotta cut it or it's yeah. like some people don't care man they'll do crazy stuff absolutely just to touch on a little more too like I'm not sure where this 110 million's coming from. Yeah. But that is maybe the biggest like stretch of a lawsuit I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Like LeBron was tweeting at the guy saying he was like fake crying in court and saying he must have eaten a bunch of warheads or whatever. It yeah, was exactly. Before, yeah. You know what I mean? It's like is that defamation of character? I know. It's like don't you have worse things to be worrying about, guy, than so LeBron would, James tweeting? So I guess the case is that he would have the power to make people not like him. And it's like, well, a lot of people have that power. Yeah. And a lot of people don't like you. Exactly. So I think it's just the, the kind of the reality of the situation, and you know, anyway, I'm see him winning that lawsuit. Man. Yeah, we'll see what happens to that lawsuit. I mean, I, it'll be a settlement, or even if it gets you know through to a trial, I mean, it just seems a little outrageous. Um, yeah, but you know, more into the positive side of things in the NBA, Steph Curry this week, or this week or next, will be the all-time threes leader, and I think you'd have to say that. I mean, he's undoubtedly, unanimously, the best shooter in the history of the nba yeah i'd agree with you uh from what all i've seen um it looks like it's going to be saturday night that oh. he's going to have it he's 10 off unreal and i mean they're going to be looking for him yes they're going to be no looking doubt. for him saturday night so walk him in on d kings yeah absolutely yeah. i mean he's he'll be pretty highly owned but i yeah. mean it, he's going to be banking some shots he i figure he gets it yes 100 percent. 10 threes man and yeah, like once these these opportunities arise in the NBA, right? His teammates are just going to be feeding. A hundred percent, giving them looks. I mean, it's not even like it's a bad guy to feed. Anyway. No, exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Like, so it's like, all right, hit him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I, I mean, mean, people can double team up on him all they want. Like he's getting this record. Oh, exactly. So yeah, I mean, sure. just let him be. Yeah. Almost like just play your game and just let it happen. No, for sure. I mean, that's so exciting for a guy like Steph Curry. I mean, he's got to be one of the more lovable guys in the sport. Um, you see him on the golf course all the time. He yep. just seems like such a humble character. I mean, he's got the cute kid. He's got the the nice wife, and I mean, he's just he just he he portrays himself as just such a classy individual. I really like Steph. At one point, I didn't. It was one of those classic cases of not really liking the greats either. You yeah, like your love, but and then I, as it goes on, you, you start, start to, to respect them. them so much more. Exactly, yeah, it's yeah. classic. Um, but I think he, he he's a great guy, and I'm really excited for him to to have that title. And I don't see that you know being passed. You know, you think about the shooters that are on that list. Oh, man. You know, with Ray Allen and, yep. and uh, Reggie Miller. And yep. just, I mean, the, the list of greats. James that, Harden's not too far James behind, James Harden, actually, that's right. Yeah. But, I mean, he's not going to catch him. He's like 500 behind. That's so right. There's no way. Um, no, that's right. But, but Nate, uh, another guy who's, who's um, you know, kind of entered the record books and, and is Trey Young. And Trey Young, uh, we've talked about Trey Young a little bit. And, and Nate and I were kind of back and forth on this um, because uh, on Bally Sports, they announced that he had become the second youngest player to score 5,500 points. And he was second to only LeBron. But then we looked at the list, and he's, like, not even on the list for the fastest of 5,000. So we're like, what happened to all these guys yeah. in that next 500 points? 
Yeah, I mean, we've got LeBron James, 21 years, 22 days. He's the leader, yep. which is, dude, 5,500 points by 21 years old. Yeah. Picture where you were when you were 21 and 22 days old. I was just turned 21. I was drinking and smoking on a deck <laughs> at university. Well, exactly. Plus, yep. you got KD, Carmelo Anthony. Like, you've got some stuff. Like, he is in some... This is the same with goes with Steph. I mean, he's in some some high company here. Yeah. Like, this is impressive by him. He's and, only 23, man. Yeah, he's an extremely exciting guy to watch. And, and Atlanta, I mean, their success is, 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 you know, in his hands. I mean, they've got a lot of good pieces with, with John Collins at the four and Clint Capella at the five. But... Uh, but I really like Trey Young. I like what he brings to the table. Um, obviously, he'll be remembered for for that trade at the draft with him and, and Luca, and will be forever compared to Luca. But two really good players. Um, and uh, I mean, congrats to Trey Young for being the second fastest. For all we know, to fifty five hundred points could be up for debate if that's a true stat. But that's what was on TV. Um, the Pacers announced yes. they are selling. They They're having are. an overhaul, and if I'm teams that are half contenders right now, teams like the Pacers, who we'll get into, or sorry, teams like the Trailblazers, like we'll get into, teams like the Celtics, um, even maybe teams like Toronto, uh, this is a good opportunity to to snag some some really good basketball players. Um, you look at um, uh, Sabonis, yeah, could be a fantastic player. Miles Turner, Miles Turner, Chris Levert. Karis LeVert, yeah. Oh, it's Karis? Yeah, Karis. Jeez, I suck at pronouncing names, man. No, man, I mean, that's fantastic. Even Malcolm Brogdon. But, yeah, it doesn't seem like anybody's off the table with this Pacers team. Could be a good opportunity to stack up. What about, uh, did they say anything about Justin Holiday? Uh, Not yet, but, yeah, it's another good player. He can can play some six-man minutes. Yeah. Uh, Obviously, his other two brothers are in the NBA. I mean, mean, if they're going to just clean house, like, just do it. It doesn't seem like anybody's off the table. That's the thing about the NBA, too. We've talked about that multiple times. It's just, like, they will sell shots. And, like like we said with the Celtics, I mean, they got absolutely hooked up with the draft pick. So, I think if you're not feeling it and you don't think that core's going anywhere, man, just sell house. For sure. Sell house. It's going to be interesting to see. I don't have the stat right now, but I know OKC, their draft picks that they've hauled in over the – over the past few years has been outrageous. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, we'll see what they, you know, what, what they're going to do. Could be a good mix. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I, I did want to talk a little bit about uh, the Portland Trailblazers, Nate, because it seems like that Dame Lillard and CJ McCollum have been a great duo in the back, in the backcourt of, of the Trailblazers for a long time. They're kind of a team that is, you know, hovering around that fifth to eighth seed every year, sometimes maybe a little higher, and just are just never a threat to win the NBA title. They just haven't really made those aggressive moves to get them another superstar. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for them to maybe you know go at the Pacers and grab Sabonis, uh, potentially look at, at what it would take to get Ben Simmons. I mean, this is a team that, I mean, Damian Lillard's a heck of a basketball player. CJ McCollum is an unbelievable number two. They got Norman Powell from the Raptors last yeah. year. I mean, the Nurkic character can play the five. I mean, they don't have you know a tremendous amount of talent outside of the, the backcourt, but I think that this is a team that you should go get some talent and try to make a run while you have the prime of Dame and yeah, CJ. Yeah, I agree. And I'm just kind of scrolling back at their their standings too, and spot on for your like where you say they are. They're that five to eleven. I mean, they had a good year in 2019. They finished third, 53 and 29. Yep. And you know, it's not a big market team. You no. know, like Portland. Yeah. Like, but yeah, I mean, go out, do it, man. I know. Go get hungry yeah, and. Yeah. and you only have so many shots. Like. Exactly, exactly. You've got aging, uh, aging superstars that you need to go uh, get some pieces. So especially yep. in the NBA. Oh yeah, man. Um, where, where you just really can't get it done with guys who are second secondary all star, secondary superstars. Um, Nate, moving on in the NFL, and I did want to take a moment here and, and just kind of salute the bucket hat. Um, <laughs> so if people aren't familiar with the bucket hat, we've been giving out our best bets every week on Instagram. We've been betting on every single NFL game this season, every money line. And, uh, and and Nate does a video uh, 
we video and, and, and give our picks. And seven weeks ago, I decided to throw on the Patriots bucket hat. And since wearing that bucket hat, they have not lost a football game. So, one, that sparked interest that we will be selling bucket hats when we release our merch on February 1st. Yes, we will. And second, I will not be going anywhere without that bucket hat. Patriots-related stuff, Sundays, and especially doing our betting videos. So, that bucket hat's not going anywhere. I wanted to talk about this Patriots game, Nate. And Just I'm quick about- before we dive into it. Yep. I'm, I'm thinking of a theoretic situation here. They win, they go on, they win the rest of the games this year, they win the Super Bowl. What do you do with that bucket hat? Dude, that's got to go on the shrine. That will be in the background of the set forever. Uh, probably hanging on the Louisville. Um, Absolutely. Potentially. Got to get it on the Louisville. Yeah, we'll see, man. But, I mean, yeah, there's that's a good that's a good thought. I'm not going to get too far ahead of myself, but but there definitely should be a plan for that hat if the Patriots go on. I mean, even I think even the seven in a row. like out, Plus, Greg whipped it out of nowhere, man. Yeah. We just brought it out one day. He's like, you know, we need a spark. Yeah. And I think this bucket hat is what it is. Absolutely. So, um, so let's talk about that uh, that Monday nighter. Obviously, it was the highlight of the game of the week. Maybe highlight of the game of the year. I mean, you've got the two top teams in the AFC East and the Patriots and the Bills going at it in Buffalo. The weather. I mean, we'll talk about the weather here, Nate. The first opening kickoff was downwind. It went into the fifth row. Well, the craziest thing was I was watching the the kickers kind of warming up pregame. Yeah. You know, they were doing like the thirty four yarder, and the thing was literally getting caught. Like I was trying to put it into perspective uh, to somebody. I was like, "Okay, picture this. This is how far it is. It's basically like from your backyard across the road. Yeah. Like, this is not a far kick." And this thing is completely getting caught up in the wind. The most impressive thing about the game is the Patriots pull it out on the same distance field goal that the guys are blowing in the wind. Yeah, yeah. All right, man, it was incredible. And, and so, yeah, I guess it's worth noting Mac Jones only threw three times, yep. uh, completed two passes. Which is impressive for that win. Absolutely. 100%, yeah. man. And, and the Patriots ran all over them. And so just think about the success. Okay, Nate, I'm going to talk about two football games right now because a lot of people are focusing in um, and they're quick to forget what happened at home versus Tampa Bay. But I'm, I'm going to kind of break these down. So Monday night against Buffalo, Buffalo knows they can't throw the ball. They know Bill Belichick's not confident in Mac Jones throwing in this win, so they're running the ball. Right. You know it's going to be a run. Yes. And they still ran the ball down their throat. The different run schemes that they were bringing in was unbelievable. Tosses, runs outside, run inside, fullback dives. I mean, it was awesome, though, the mixture of, of plays. And, and and obviously, they they got it done. They won the game. Let's revert back to week four when they played the, Buff, uh, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They couldn't run the ball. They ran for one yard in that game. They knew they had to pass. The defense was all, there was coverages. So it was the complete opposite. Mac Jones breaks the consecutive pass record. 19 consecutive completions. Nick Folk hits the post, barring out to lose the game. Right. And you know what's impressive about this is, like, this is kind of something you see with championship teams. Yeah. They can get it done anyway. And it's got to fire you up if you're a Pats fan. I happen to know one that's sitting close to me right at the moment. Absolutely. It's been, I mean, honestly, I don't think anybody could have predicted how good this team is, how solid this defense is, and how great Mac Jones has been. Um, I mean, you think about it, it's been an overhaul at the tight end position, overhaul at the wide receiver position, overhaul at the running back position. I mean, you think about James White, Rex Burkhardt, two guys who are running the ball for them. No, they draft Rahondre Stevenson uh, in the third round. They've got Damian Harris, who's kind of come in and, and beat their number one back. They trade Sony Michelle. Um, I mean, they, they bring in just a bunch of free agents, uh, Godchuck and, and um, uh, Matthew Judon off the edge, and then they get guys coming back from the COVID, sitting out the COVID here in Dante Hightower. I mean, this team has come together. It's They're a brand new team, and they're experienced success, and I think that's a testament to the big man, the GOAT, Bill Belichick. I mean, it's got to be. 
It's just an impressive. It's it's impressive, man. I love it. Oh. it you know, I, another thing I was th- finding kind of crazy is like Josh Allen had thirty uh, throwing attempts in the game. Uh, that's crazy. Which is a lot. In that win for sure. And is that kind of just a testament to like his limited run game? Well, yeah. I mean, that's that's the biggest factor, Nate. Is is if we switch over and look at the Bills side of things. They can't run the ball. Right. They don't have strong running backs. Which, I mean, is an issue. Like, yeah, it's such an issue. Like, say, say you're in a playoff game and Josh Allen's not slinging the ball well. What do you do? Well, exactly. And what makes throwing the ball easier? Having a good run game. Bringing yeah. those defenders Ex- closer exactly. to the line. Yeah. So, Keeping the other team on edge. Exactly. Like, not knowing what's coming. Opens yeah. the play-action game. You know, on first down, faking the the run, and and then and none of that is relevant if you can't run the ball. And so you've got this Singletary character who's not really a great back. He's kind of like Mister Mediocre. I would consider him like a bottom ten back in the league out of the starters. And you got the Zach Moss kid. He's in his second year. He hasn't really come onto the scene. He's got some good runs, and they've got Matt Breida. He's been a kind of a, a traveling soldier who has shown some sparks to in the last few weeks with the Bills. But yeah, I mean, I think I think they're worried. I think Bills fans have to be worried. Guess where they are this week, Nate? Where? They're in Tampa Bay. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, good so Lord if they lose Earth. this game, they fall to 7-6, and six, and they are looking at a wild card spot most likely. They are. So they're in a must-win position in Tampa Bay versus Tom Brady in the box. And this kind of comes back to what we were talking about last week with our Pretenders and Contenders segment. Yeah. I mean, I had the Bills, and I said, I'm going to wait till after this week. Yes. And then after you see kind of this, like you have no run game, I think I can kind of call them a Pretender at this point. 100%. I mean, if you don't, I don't know, man. I just, I'm going Pretender. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I I think you're right. I mean, obviously they can't adapt to different situations, and 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 the way the the, the playoffs go, your journey through the playoffs, you've got to play different teams in different ways. You can't be predictable. You can't yeah. be one dimensional. And it seems like if Josh Allen has the uh, doesn't have the ability to run and 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 have a run game. I mean, if defenses are driving back into coverage and, and, and there's, you know, five, six guys in the secondary, it's challenging to pick up, pick those things apart. And, and uh, I mean, yeah, we saw it. They couldn't get it done against the wing. They still have I mean, another important game will be down the road in Foxborough uh, when they play the Patriots for the second time. Another thing about the Patriots here, too, that fires me up about everything that we've talked about just a little more is I think I've spoken about it before, but, I mean, they're unbeaten on the road. Yeah. Which is incredible. Insane. And, I mean, their home record's three and four. Like, that's going to come around. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this team's just kind of hitting their stride, and this could be a, this could be a Cinderella fairy tale fire wagon run. It makes a lot of sense to me as we continue to climb through the season, Nate, and you know from last season I start to gain narrative. I start to gain traction. I think I started to pick Tampa Bay towards the playoffs the yep. last few weeks. We started to ride Tampa Bay. Yep. We saw their defense come to form. Uh, everything was firing on all cylinders for their offense because it did take Tom Brady a little bit of time to get accustomed to Bruce Arians and, and everything that was going on down in Tampa Bay. But it just seems like t- that these Patriots are trending in the right direction. Their defense is firing on all cylinders like we talk about. And it just makes a lot of sense for Tom Brady to win his seventh and for Bill Belichick to win his ninth. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. I, mean, it'd be a... I saw a lot of people online, too. They're like, oh, the NFL's going to rig it so it gets set up. It's like... Dude, rig it. Like, I, I know, that's the thing, right? Like, everyone's always like, oh, I think it's rigged. and blah. It's like, okay, even if it was rigged, say the, the, the league is completely on board with trying to set this up. You know how many little things there are? It would be so impossible to rig. Yep. It would be so outrageously obvious if it was rigged. It's yeah. a foolish take. It I is. hate hearing that in any sport. It is, it is. But we'll move out. We'll, be, we'll finish off with... Uh, um, with some, well, we're not going to finish off anything. We're only midway through the episode. But Detroit, <laughs> your Detroit Owen hopefuls 
won their first game and and uh dan campbell i was happy for him man the more that i watch this guy the more that i like him he's got so much emotion i hear i hear secondary guys in the media talk about their playing days with dan campbell and you know how emotional he is how hardworking he is and I mean, the Detroit Lions get their first win, it, and it's funny when those uh, when those when those teams that are, have just have been so bad get their first win. It's just like they they done it. They've climbed the mountain, and then the rest of the thing just go lose the rest of the games, get a good draft pick, and call it a year. Yeah, um, you know, it was my overtime game of the week. <laughs> That's right. It was close. It was close. Uh, what was it? What did they end up being? Was it sixteen fourteen? Or no? Uh, yeah. What what did that game end up? Uh, uh, let me, uh, let me 23 21, I do believe. Yeah, it was two points. So, really, I mean, yeah. uh, I didn't really have a legit shot at the uh, at the uh, overtime game. But the thing I want to note most is if you guys go back and look at our betting video, when we got to the Lions game, I asked Greg, as we're doing the video, which uh, who do you think's winning this game? And Greg said, I've got this funny feeling, but I just can't bet on them. And they pulled it. I always would give them half a half a unit there. If only you know what I mean. This if I was the sports book, I would do it. However, that's just for sure simply not a thing. And the only reason I was that hesitant it was like, okay, Detroit's at home. They've been treading in the right direction. They're going to win a game. Yes, they've lost seven games, Nate, by one possession, by either a touchdown or a field goal. Yeah, and so like they've been in a lot of football games. They're not as bad maybe as their record shows. The one ten and one. I mean, obviously yeah. they tied the Steelers with their backup right. quarterback, but. But, man, I mean, it's awesome for them. I mean, I don't know what the key to success for this team will be to get back into – I mean, they've never been relevant. Um, but we'll see, man. I mean, we're obviously happy for them. The one game will be, will be, I think, sufficient enough for them to be to bring Dan Campbell back for next year. And I think that will be – I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe you should be a big Lions fan. Oh, I just can't do it to my football squad. That's true. That's true. Maybe they'll both be our secondary team. Yeah, you know, I respect the Lions, too. Their uh, social media team is fantastic as well. They're always in the boys' live chats yep. just talking it up. I feel bad for them. They get a little bit of low-key roasted each time they enter. But, yeah, they do. But, you know, that's a kind of a testament, too, is like as you said about the um, how, how they lose by one possession how many times? Seven times. So seven year. times out of their ten losses, they're yep. one-possession games, and then everyone kind of looks at the record of one, ten, and one, and they're like, wow, that team is bad. But yeah. it's so close. I mean, they've been to overtime. They've tied. Yep. They just about get to OT last week, almost win me some money. Oh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what comes of them. Hopefully, sometime for those fan, for that fan base, they can kind of get it together and at least feel the half competitive team that can win some games for the fans. No, for sure, for sure. Uh, at Heinz Field, Nate, this Sunday was the uh, was the Steelers Ravens huge rivalry in the NFL. Uh, ben Roethlisberger versus Lamar Jackson. Um, man, the Ravens drive the field, tie the game. No, sorry, score a touchdown to go one point down. So obviously you got Justin Tucker, the best kicker in the NFL. You're going to kick the field goal with one second left and take it to overtime. No. No. Mr. Harbaugh, the head coach of the Ravens, says we're going for two. We are looking to bury the Steelers' season. Lamar Jackson drops back, steps up in the pocket, avoids a defender, shoots it out right to his tight end, um, Mark Andrews, and he drops it. They lose the game. (laughs) Such a tough call, man. Because it's like you look like a ge- that's something Belichick would pull off. You 100%. know what I mean? It looks yep. like a genius. It's like holy cr- the balls to try that and yep. get it to work, and then you know somebody else does it. And you see it like every week too. You know, you see yep. these teams trying to do some crazy stuff that like Belichick would do, and they just screw it. Yeah, I mean, I think I respect it though. To be honest, go it's for like, it. It's like this team has obviously been a division rival for years for the for the you know for the entirety of the NFL in terms of the uh, alignment of these divisions, but. This is an opportunity to end their season. This is an opportunity yeah. to bury them, throw the shovel down, and say, see you later, boys. And they went for it. 
and they lost it. So that AFC North is, has yet to been decided, yet to be decided. They'll have another game in Baltimore. Uh, I mean, Big Ben continues to just kind of just get by. Yeah. Um, I mean, he says just. this. This is probably his last year in Pittsburgh. I don't know if that means he's gonna think he's he, he's gonna find another job around yeah. the NFL. I just don't see it. I don't either. Um, he's been. Yeah. He hasn't been great. No, he, he has not. Um, I guess just kind of ending off the NFL. Garner Minshew, shout out, back under center. I mean, he was he was very serviceable in Jacksonville before they had the number one pick and decided that Trevor Lawrence was going to be the guy. So they traded him to Philly, obviously behind Jalen Hurts. He comes out highest um, um, uh, passing percentage of the week. Uh, I think he was on target for twenty five out of twenty eight of his throws. Uh, wins the game. Uh, I mean, I think he's a better quarterback than Jalen Hurts. If I'm Philly's coach and GM, I'm starting Gardner Minshew. Yeah. I mean, Electric. Why not? why not, man? He's going to mold it of the years. He's still rocking that thing. Yes, man. Damn straight he is. Mustache, mullet. Man, I love it. Yes, man. It's good stuff, It man. is, man. It is. So, yeah. So, shout out to Gardner Minshew. But, Nate, we're going to finish things off. We're not going to finish things off yet, actually. We're just getting started in the NHL talk. I think that the biggest highlight of the week, Nate, has to be in Vancouver. Obviously, it was getting to be an absolute shit show there. Yeah. I mean, fire Benning, fire Green. They get rid of them. They fire Travis Green, fire Jim Benning. And they hire your guy, Bruce Boudreaux. So I know Bruce Boudreaux had a tenure in Washington. Nate, tell the listeners what they should suspect or expect out of Bruce Boudreaux. Yeah, I mean, you're not going to get a whole lot of defensive play. Okay. Your, your games are going to be extremely entertaining, however. Okay. You're looking at some high-scoring games, especially with some of the pieces that Vancouver has. Like, I look at Pedersen and Besser. Yep. It maybe take might take them a little bit, but they're going to be... They're going to be putting up some numbers. I advise anyone who has any of these guys in fantasy to hold on to them. You're not going to be able to trade them for anything better at this point. Unless, I mean, unless you can get something big. But, I mean, yeah, they don't really have a shot come playoff time with him, unfortunately. I mean, he's kind of a notoriously, like, he'll get you there. I think he's a good motivator. Yeah. He gets the boys going. He kind of lets you do whatever you want. Like, I look back to 2010. Uh, he had a line of, it was Ovechkin, Backstrom, and Semin. <laughs> and I mean, these guys went career highs in goals, all three of them. Ovechkin had 50, Semin had 40, and Backstrom, the only time he's ever scored 30, he had 33. So wow. I mean, look at that line, you're what, 112 goals or something <laughs> like that on one line? Yep. So I mean, if, if these guys can buy in here and Pedersen can kind of remove head from rectum, I think th- this could work out really good. Kind of crazy that it took this long for them to fire Jim Benning and the boys. Well, let's just say they've won two straight games now, and I think that's what the owners are thinking is like, Maybe we gave these guys a little bit too much time, a little bit too much runway. Well, it seems like Travis Green was there for, what, like six years? I don't yeah. think that's completely accurate, but... Three or four, I think. I think you're right, yeah. I want to anyway, pull it I up, mean, but... I think he's going to get another job, whether it's an assistant or a head job. Um, but yeah, you're, you're right, Nate. I mean, it's been it's been a long time coming. I mean, everyone saw this coming. I mean, you, you, you can't just have your fan base cheering fire... Uh, your GM and fire your coach, and I mean, there's changes coming. If that's if that's the case, you just can't have your fan base saying that exactly um, on a regular basis. But yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see what Bruce Boudreaux can do. I mean, he looks like an absolute character. He was getting up out of the interview chair, and he was like, "Oh fuck." He's man, he's hilarious. Yeah. Even they did the uh, 24/7, the HBO thing they used to do for the Winter Classics. I'm yep. not sure if they still do that anymore or not. Maybe they do Good. in some different capacity. But yeah, yeah, he was an absolute hoot, man. He's running around the the mall with his family, just swearing, getting buying donuts and stuff. Like he's an absolute you. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm just looking at uh, Travis Green's coaching record here. So it was this was his fifth season there. Okay. I mean, missed playoff, missed playoff, lost in second round to Vegas. That's in the bubble. 
and missed playoffs. So yeah, we're not even going to count that bubble success. No, God, that's, <clears throat> a, that's a shit show. You know, just an absolute gong show. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, Vancouver will. It'll be interesting to see if they can kind of get back into the mix. I mean, there's just there's a ton of runway left in the NHL season. Yeah. Um, you know, you're looking at like 60 games. Uh, yeah. Oh. You know, oh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. a little bit less. You know, 50 games maybe. And uh, and I mean, there's still like if you can go, you know, if you can get on a win streak, you can kind of get your yourself back into the mix. Yep. Bruce uh, Boudreau can turn a team around quickly. Yeah, man. Like, so so. I, I think Vancouver fans should be very excited for this. Definitely. Now, speaking of uh, Vancouver Canucks coaches who have been fired, yeah. former Vancouver Canucks coach Alan Vigneault out in Philly, which is I don't know. I thought a little a little wild. I know they've been struggling, but. I don't yeah. know, man. Well, I, I always think of him as a pretty solid coach. Absolutely, man. And 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 from everyone's account around the league, it sounds like he's a great coach. Yep. Uh, but they are stacked with coaches. Um, with Mike, uh, I like to call him Mike Yeo, but it's Mike Yao. Oh yeah, yeah, Mike yeah. Yo. Mike Yo, something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know the exact pronunciation. He's now the interim head coach, who yep. formerly was the head coach in Minnesota and St. Uh, Louis. In St. Louis. Yep. They've got uh, Michelle Terrian. Okay. Um, who was on that squad as well? So they had like kind You're of three the coaches. The bench, 100%. Yeah, loves his darts. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, Len Vigneault fired in Philadelphia. But it's like once these teams with high expectations start to go on a skid, once that skid goes seven, eight, nine, ten, somebody's somebody's got to go. Yeah, it, it, you exactly. Know? You know, the season starts kind of ticking away. You're like, holy yeah. smokes, guys. Like, we got to start pulling some wins here. And, like, yeah. obviously somebody's not listening to somebody in the locker room. Something's going on. you got to find the root of it, and you got to remove somebody. Yeah. And it's just the way it goes. It's a tough position for a coach. You're usually number one on the list. Yeah. Because the GM's like, okay, i got to protect my job. i got to get rid of this guy. For sure. So This is a team I get motherfucked by every single year. What's I that? I must say. Philly. I They just oh. they trick me into thinking that they're going to be a great team. Yeah. They go out and get Cam Atkinson. They go out and get Ryan Ellis. They go out and get Restless Ristolainen. They trade Nolan Patrick. Um, you know, who am I missing? Who else did they bring in? Uh, they brought in, who on D? They brought in Keith Yandel. Keith Yandel. Uh, there's somebody else, too. Well, they got Ristolainen. Yep. Who, I mean... Take him with a grain of salt. Yeah, he's, he's not spectacular. Big guy who does not much. Does not much at all. Yeah. Does not use his body, unfortunately. I mean, Cam Atkinson, I love that pet guy. That's a yeah, former 40-goal guy in, Colum- yeah. in Columbus. Yep. So I, I liked it a lot. But he I mean, started out hot. And just even with the pieces that you have, you got Kevin Hayes, you got Joel Farabee, you got uh, Vorchek, or not Vorchek, Giroux. Yep, Giroux. You know, you got uh, Travis Konecki. I mean, you've got yeah, some pieces, you- JVR. I mean, this team, it looks like on paper, should be good. you got the young goaltender in Carter Hart, and they just continue to just queef. The decor's solid, too. Like, I'm obviously a huge Yandel fan. He's not particularly great defensively, but you get him a power play quarterback, there's almost no better defenseman in the league to do it. Yeah. Ivan Provorov, huge fan of that guy. Yep. Absolute yep. sketch Russian. Yeah, man. Love it. And yeah, they're just kind of doing Philly again. Like, they'll end up in their, they're kind of like the Minnesota Wild of the East. They'll end up in their 7-10 to 10 spot and then either get in or don't get in and then rinse and repeat for next year. Uh, absolutely. It's a man. shame, man. Absolutely. I mean, anyway, we'll, we'll monitor them. I mean, hopefully they can kind of get back things, get back into things. But I don't think it's going to be as easy as it will be for Vancouver to start winning in the Pacific than it will be for Philly to win in the Metro. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Vancouver's um, got an easier road. Definitely. Yeah. Um, Nate. The Leafs vs. Jets this week was certainly the game of the week in terms of excitement, drama. Um, two suspensions to note. Neil Pionk suspended two games for kneeing Rasmus Sandin, uh, as well as uh, Jason Spezza yes, being yeah. suspended six games for kneeing Nick Pionk in kind of a retaliation situation. Did he knee him? 
I thought uh, he just kind of like went down and like he went down on his knees and kind of like hit him to the head when he was down. Oh, oh it looked like a knee to the head. Oh, wasn't a knee to the yeah. head? Okay, okay. Yeah, I must have missed the, the, the angle. Um, I didn't even see the Pionk one. I think I remember Sandine kind of flying. Yeah, yeah. It didn't look like it looked kind of like a knee on knee. It looked. Yeah. It didn't look as bad though as. as but I mean, it looks like Sandine's gonna miss three weeks. Yeah. Uh, Pionk's still in the concussion protocol. And Jason Spetz is serving six games. Which apparently um, he's appealing. Yeah. A, a golf analyst close to the show, NHL analyst close to the show, kind of broke the news to us at 12 games. But he got trolled on Twitter, which much of Twitter did. Yes. Uh, so shout out to Richard Fitzwell for providing the Daily Intermission with some false fake news. That is vintage Fitzwell. Yeah, it is. You got to watch those fake accounts, man. It gets us, you know, at this point of year, though, it's almost something you don't even look for. The only time I really notice those fake accounts is come trade deadline. Yeah. Trade deadline is a mess. So I thought it was a good test for the Leafs. Um, you know, these are the types of games that you get yourself into later in the year. Playoffs, a lot of emotion, a lot of rough things happening. Um, I've, I've heard some some Toronto Maple Leafs fans talk about how proud they are about being able to compete in that type of game. But let me tell you guys, you lost the game. So, yes, you competed in a game that had a lot of emotion, a lot of physicality, a lot of those playoff characteristics, but you lost the game. So maybe if you can bring that type of brand of hockey into a game later on the later down the road or one night and win the game, then I think I would see some confidence. Yeah, I agree. And we'll see what happens with these guys. I mean, they're not the toughest bunch of guys, and we'll see what happens come playoff time. But, man, it's just – it sucks Spets is suspended. He's been having a great season, man. Yes. He's been having a great One year. of the better forwards, more consistent forwards. 100%, man. Yeah. And the guy just takes league minimum every year. He's like, yeah, boys, I'm just down. Let's For sure. do it. Like, For let's sure. do it. Well, Nate, I guess finally – what has made shockwaves through the NHL world in the last few days is Trevor Zegers. Yeah. And Trevor, Trevor Zegers did the old pick the puck up on a stick. I don't know. I called that the Crosby growing up. That just to, just to pick it up. The scoop. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just yeah. the scoop. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure why. Did he do that at some point in his career? Scoop it up? Scoop it up on a stick? I mean, he did the Michigan and um, okay. the Mike Lag. I guess everyone wants to call so it. So that's why we called it that. Okay. I'm assuming so. Yeah, he he pulled he that Michigan. off in junior. Okay, yeah. yeah. He pulled off the Michigan in junior. Yeah, so I mean, so Trevor Zegers picks it up on his stick, um, on his blade, tosses it over the net, airborne, and Sonny Milano was there to baseball bat it in on just under the crossbar. Uh, probably the nicest goal that's been scored this year. It's getting a lot of attention uh, around the league. It is. Uh, around sports, for that reason. Um, but uh, Well, it's just something cool you don't see. You know, when Spetsnikov yeah. pulled off the the Michigan last year. Yeah. It was unreal. And you don't see, like, you never saw that in the NHL. He's done it twice. He's the only guy to do it. Or did Philip Forsberg pull it off, too? I think he may have. Yeah, I mean, that guy's obviously disgusting hands as well. Yeah, one thing that's cool to look at, too, is Sonny Milano on the Absolute Revenge Tour. This yeah. dude was a first-rounder in 2014, I believe it was. I don't think he was 13. Um, and, you know, he's kind of just skittered around for a bit. He had a fairly good season. Um, what was it here? 2017-18 with Columbus. He had 14 goals, 55 games. But, like, he hasn't really made the NHL he hasn't been great in the, in the actual NHL. So, and he's got like almost 10 goals now and it looks like he's working out good with Zegris. Yeah. So, for sure. I mean, I mean, if, if you got a guy that can flip you the puck over the net, you're probably going to be all right passing wise. So something I'd never seen before. And I think it is worth noting. I mean, with, with just kind of the, the transition into hockey and how it's just a little bit more skill based. And, uh, you know, as a youth, uh, hockey players continue to try different things, can try to develop different skills and how they're on the ice more. I think that we're going to see some goals in the future scored just in just ridiculous fashion. It's yeah. just due to the skill level increasing. 100%, man. I agree with you because you, you just look at how like solid the D is now. You know, it's, yeah. everything's so zony now. Yeah. You know, and I remember looking back like 
the early 2000s up to like 2010. 2010 was an absolute warfare. It was just running gun hockey. And then come like 2012, 2013, it was so like structurally sound. Yeah. And it's getting so, so difficult now. Everyone's so dialed in. And yeah, it's cool to see some awesome stuff like that get done. Because it's just, you know, it's almost like watching like NHL hits from back in the day. Just flipping the puck over the net. A little FIFA street action. That's right. So, um, see some more of it. I'm here for it. No, for sure. And I think we'll just finish things off before we get into our segment. A big UFC fight this weekend. Yeah. We'll give out some best bets on our Instagram page. 100%. Uh, before Saturday night. Um, I know we're both high on Dustin Poirier. I really like this guy. He's grown yep. a lot in my books. Uh, as I've started to pay more attention to the UFC. Fighting Charles Olivier f- uh, for the lightweight belt. Um, also have Amanda Nunez, probably renowned uh, as the best female fighter in the game. Uh, you got Sean O'Malley, the electric bantamweight, who's got, you know, he's well known for kind of having that frizzy uh, green, whether it's cotton candy, hair, tattoos all over. Yep. Um, but uh, all the celebrities will be out. It's going to be a popular event. That'll be late Saturday night. So sometime on Saturday, we'll release our best bets yep. via Instagram. We'll get those going. Another person to watch out on is too, and I'm not sure, you know, I haven't seen him fight before, but he's the sole Canadian on the slate. That's Jillian Robertson, or maybe Gillian Robertson. Yep. He's at minus 400 against uh, Priscilla Cacciera. Okay. So if I pronounce that name right, I should probably get a medal. Yep. Um, and then just looking through, I was looking through the odds last night of who I want to bet on. Obviously on O'Malley. He's minus 334. Yeah. So that one's a tough. I'm not touching Nunez. I'm at no. Nunez. Minus 1,000. No, yeah. Like, yeah. What am I going to bet? 10 bucks and win a quarter? I'd you sprinkle the other girl. Yeah, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a terrible idea. Yeah. If she's plus 600. Fight. Yeah, I mean, yeah. even if you're on Nunez, there's some other, obviously, there's a lot of stuff you can bet on in UFC. Yep. There's TKO. The, the, the I mean, the draw is just, that's something I would throw the free $10 bet on. That's right. But I mean, that's not <laughs> going to happen. Uh, there's always round one, like betting. I mean, you take, say you take Pena in round one, you're plus 3,300. She's plus 3,300 no matter what round. It wouldn't even be bad sprinkling a buck on every single one of those rounds for I her think to win. I would, man. Yeah. I think I may. Like, yeah. it might get crazy out here. Even even Nunez round five. Yeah. Plus 28. Like, there's a lot. There's money to be made here. For sure. There uh, always is. And, I mean, the UFC is so exciting. They do such a great job at hyping up yeah. their events. Um, what a promotion that is. The, the best bang for your buck is probably Dustin Poirier minus 160. Yes, I'm man. on. I'm all over that, so. Um... No, I'm excited for it's it. It's going to be great, man. We've been looking forward to it for a while. Definitely, so. definitely. All right, Nate. Well, let's uh, let's move into our segment for the week. And yeah, let's which do it. athlete are you bringing? So I'll remind the listeners of how this goes down. We give each other a situation where you've got to bring along a friend or a few friends, and that friend is going to be an athlete. So Nate, I'll get things started here, man. You're invited to a beer Olympics. Yeah, it's a big time party, college party. You're allowed to bring three. Oh. professional athletes to be on your team. On my team. Three You're athletes. You're playing beer pong. You're playing beer baseball. You're playing flip cup. You might be playing a little bit of spike ball. It is a drinking day, and you need three guys to squat up with. Who are you bringing? <sighs> okay, well, first things first, I'm taking Rob Gronkowski. Oh, Absolutely no questions asked. I yep. mean, that guy just there for, one, he can drink like a fish. Yep. Two, he's an absolute beast, yep. and he's just, you know, he's got to be electric to be around. It's competitive. Yeah, he can be good at everything he does. So that's number one. I'm trying yep. to bring out some other guys from some other sports that I would like to bring around. Um, Let me think. Who's like a hockey guy that I would want to bring that could absolutely pound beers that would help it's, you out in this situation? It might be a little bit... Mike Commodore sounds like a guy. Mike Commodore would be a great guy to bring around. Yeah. That would be he hilarious. He sounds like a beauty and yeah. like a drink. Yeah. <clears throat> and then, you know what? I'm going to bring some wild card, like, kind of whipping boy, I think, okay. for my last yeah. one. Yeah. And I think I might... Maybe Hollywood VC? No. <laughs> no. No, 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 no. I am not bringing Hollywood VC. There's zero hope of that. I would bring maybe, like... Um, 
Jeez, this is tough. Whipping boy. Maybe bring Matt Murray along. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and you're just beaking him the whole oh, time. Oh, hundred percent. Like yeah. Matt, you gonna finish that drink or no? Yeah, yeah. You know, like that would be awesome. Yeah. But uh, I also don't want to bully the guy. Yeah, I mean, he's going through a lot of yeah, tough stuff. Yeah, that's right. So. That's right. Anyway. Tough on the spot there, but Gronkowski, 100%. I might even throw Tom Wilson. Yeah. I got a little protection. I get a little too beaky. That's right. Um, all right. So, Greg, your first one. I've gone with uh, mine is completely premise on TV shows this week. Okay. So, your first one is you've been cast on The Real Housewives. Okay. So, they're going to be in there with cameras. They're going to be buzzing around. You're not getting a lot of airtime, but you are going to be seen as the absolute stud. Like, this is your mansion. You know okay. what I mean? Yeah. Which athlete are you bringing to be your housewife? Just for the cameras, you want to look like a stud. Who who is it? Yeah, yeah. Let's see it. It's a good question. Um, yeah, there's there's a long list of uh, of athletes that you know could be potentially uh, around my arm during this, but it, it's gonna have <laughs> to it's gonna have to be. We, we recently did her on a guest the athlete, it's Alex Morgan. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, uh, she'd be nice. United States uh, women's national team player, uh, great looking gal. Um, she's got the uh, you know the great. Um, yeah. I uh, just, um, <laughs> she's just a good time to fall off there. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, I, I think yeah, she, she'd be number one for me. Okay, just um, before you get into yours, could you would you have any guess of if I was in that situation, who I would? It'd bring? be Livy. It would. Yes, yes, it would. It would be Livy. Moving on. Um, all right, Nate. God, that'd be sick to have her there the whole time. Anyway, let's go. It's your wedding next month. Oh God. And and you know what? You're going through the planning stages, and and uh, and your MC is falling through. Okay. So now you need an MC. But the NHL has reached out and said they will lend you a coach to MC your wedding. A coach. A coach in the NHL. Who are you bringing to MC your wedding? I'm thinking if there's one that's like, I've got one in my head, but I'm just trying to do a quick run through and just think if there's someone I'm forgetting about here. But I think I'm going Bruce Boudreaux. Okay. Yeah, I think I got to. Yeah. I think he would be an absolute hoop. Yeah, yeah. He would be a He'd hoop. be drinking, swearing. Yeah, yeah, and you know, like it's going to be good vibes. I'd yeah. probably bring him for sure. I'm, I'm not sure if there's somebody else I'm maybe not thinking of that uh, maybe Tortorella? I was thinking Torts potentially. He's, he's kind of a bit of a buzzkill. Maybe though. Rod the Bod? Yeah, Rod the Ball would be electric. The only problem is I probably wouldn't be getting married by the end of the night. <laughs> yeah. He'd be on honeymoon with her in Bahamas before the night was out. So Very no, true. I'd probably go with that. Guy's got an absolute 10-pack. Yeah. Um, and I ain't talking about Tim Beebs. Uh, but, yeah, I'd probably bring Bruce Boudreaux. Don't got to worry about him stealing my wife. Got to be right. a hoot. Everything's great. Okay, Greg, second one for you. Second TV show. You roll into the set of Fear Factor. Oh, okay. Vintage Fear Factor. We're talking 04. You got Joe Rogan screaming in your ear telling you to eat a mouthful of animal bleeps. Yeah. Uh, which athlete are you bringing along to beat Fear Factor with? He's going to be my partner. He's going to be your partner. So you're, you're obviously like the standard setup of the show is the first one is an absolute like you're probably driving around on a transport truck. Yep. Second one, you're probably eating a bunch of bugs. Yep. And the third one is driving again around on a transport truck. Okay. So well, there's only one correct answer here. Okay. And there, there's only one correct answer, and it's Ray Lewis. Okay. And it's Ray Lewis for a variety of reasons. Now, did you that, mean Ray Rice? No. Okay, Ray Lewis. Yeah, yes. okay. I meant Ray Lewis. Yes, okay, gotcha. And Ray Lewis has maybe, maybe 10 of the top pump-up speeches I've ever heard in my entire life. Right. He might be the toughest linebacker in the history of the NFL in terms of fear. He's He is the definition of fear factor. This guy would get you hyped up to take on any challenges. He'd, you'd also feel safe in uh, in his company. I'm taking Ray Rice. Who, who would you take, Nate? I'm interested to hear. One guy I'd bring? That's a good question. I mean, you sell a pretty good case for Ray Rice here. Is he, is Ray he, Lewis. Ray Paul. 
Jeez, I gotta stop saying Ray Rice, man. That's gotta get out of my head. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, you do not make a good case for Ray Rice, and if you do, you'd be a hell of a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> uh, so anyway, moving on, who would I bring? Um, jeez, dude, who's an absolute beast? I might bring Reevesy. Nah, I think I'd bring Gronk again. Okay. Yeah, I know. I'm yeah. kind of just defaulting to Gronk. Yeah, he's got, he's, he's, he's got those lunatic vibes, man. He might, yeah. uh, you know, he, he's down for anything, it seems like. Yeah. So. yeah, yeah. So, I think that's what I'm going with. All right, Greg, last one for you. All right. No, you, it's my turn, isn't it? No. No, you just asked me. Yeah, that's right. Oh, no. No, it is no, me. No, I just asked you. Yeah. yeah, it's you. Yeah, yeah. All right, Nate. Your mother-in-law. She's recently single, oh, hypothetically. God. Yeah. Uh, she's looking, you know, to uh, to get back in the mix. And you have an athlete that you think is perfect for the job. Okay. Who are you bringing to date your mother-in-law? Oh, my God, dude. Probably, like, Nick Backstrom. Okay. Super nice guy. Yep. Pretty conservative. Don't got to worry about it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not going like, to... Might be able to, you know, teach some hockey skills with Uncle Nick. Yeah, I mean, big dick. Or Grandpa Nick. Nick. Yeah, it would be yeah. great. I mean, i tell you who I wouldn't bring. Who's Ray that? Ray Rice. Oh, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, we might have to cut obvious that. Obvious um, But anyway, moving along. Uh, but yeah, I'll go with him. Who would you? Tom yeah. Brady? Tom Brady wouldn't be a bad guess. Yeah, Tom Brady, Hunter, or Tiger, yeah. Yeah, yeah, right. fair but I guess Tigers wouldn't last that long, so. Um. <laughs> All right, last one, and this one just kind of hits home from a show you were watching last evening. Uh, so, Greg, you're going on to my 600-pound life. Okay. You've got to go in there, and you're the people who are trying to, like, you know how they have the doctors that are trying to motivate these people. Yes. You're going in there, and you've got to motivate one of these porpoises to get up and not use a forklift to get out of their bed. So you need one athlete that's going to go in there and just be like, let's go. Like, you need a motivator along with you who you're bringing to get these guys <sighs> going, dude. For sure. For sure. It's, it's a great question. And it's a guy by the name of Matthew Slater. A lot of the oh. listeners won't know who that is. Matthew Slater is a longtime special teamer for the New England Patriots. He does the breakdowns every week, celebrates the wins. He's just, oh, he's such a hero in New England. I think Matthew Slater would be a guy who could motivate a lot of people to become better human beings, to become better citizens in society. I think Matthew Slater is my guy to motivate these individuals on my 600-pound life. And I'm, I'm glad you brought that up, Nate, man. I was watching that show last night. It's, one, it's sad. Two, I wanted to see the glow up because you want to see the you know the journey these people go on. But, man, what a just – it's what a tragedy that is. Tragedy, man. It's the, the, the most unmotivated human beings on earth. I know. Like it's And, you know, what? you feel bad for them. A lot of them actually do go through a lot of, like, like mental abuse as a kid. Yes. You know what I mean? They go through some shit. But it's like at the same time, it's like, man, how can you just lay there and just absolutely... Mu and then they're puking when they see Brussels sprouts and stuff like that. It's like, geez. Just how do you find content? Can You know, how do you be content in life like that? But uh, but anyway, it, uh, it's been a great episode. Everyone, enjoy your weekends. We've got an exciting one ahead. It sounds like we'll be back on Tuesday morning, not Monday morning. So look for Tuesday morning for uh, for the next episode. Um, but, uh, but listen, everyone, thanks for tuning in. Make sure you're following us on all the social platforms. Nate... It's been good chat. It has good, sir. Let's uh, let's get it on. <laughs>